Most of my neighbors' houses were dark, the exception being tomes, the occult bookshop where Vale's exorcism had been held. Also, the art gallery. The latter caught my interest. While I suspected the gallery wasn't ordinary, and in fact dealt in magical art of some sort, a visitor having literally lost their hand there one day being a big clue to that, I couldn't recall seeing the lights on behind its frosted windows after 10 p.m. Interesting, but ultimately non-threatening. Annoyed by my paranoia, I hustled back to Celestina's shop. I let myself in the front door and discovered my friends had been busy. They'd dragged Celestina's reading table, the circular one where she performed her palmistry and placed her tarot card layouts, into the center of the room and arranged the love seats and ottomans around it so everyone had a place to sit. Three black wax candles and tall glasses screen-printed with images of the Vaudo Loire were aglow in the center of the table. Beside them was a symbol drawn with what looked like talc. The air was streaked with gray and was pungent with the scent of smoking herbs. Celestina must have smudged the room to clear the energy. I always figured we'd end up around a Ouija board before we attempted a seance, I said to the room as I closed the door behind me. Lev immediately jumped in front of me, clad only in a pair of gym shorts. No mention Ouija board, he said in a low voice and with an urgent shake of his shaggy, black-haired head. Celestina no like. She thinks very fake. I found his Serbian accent cute, but Lev was a tricky one. While he reminded me of Wolverine from the X-Men and that he was kind of wild-looking, even in his human form, he also had that great body. His wolf got a lot of exercise, apparently, and anyone with eyes couldn't help appreciating it. But if Celestina ever caught you checking out her boyfriend when he wasn't in his wolf form, well, let's just say a wise woman wouldn't cross a voodoo priestess. Not that Celestina actually was a priestess. She was a second-generation American who'd become a surfing champion in Huntington Beach. But when your grandmother used to be a well-known mambo in Haiti, and later in Santo Domenico, you commanded respect. I did the zipping motion with my fingers and lips. Never again, I promised Lev. He grinned, revealing slightly over-large canines, and patted me on the arm. We will learn good things, he told me enthusiastically. Not to worry, Anne. Celestina is very skilled. You will see. He was sweet, and I wanted to hug him, but I also didn't want to see my effigy hanging from the ceiling tomorrow, pierced with needles. I'd already experienced being a living voodoo doll during Vale's exorcism. I walked to Celestina and handed her my panda pin. This was my mom's. She gave it to me when I was three or four. She held it in her hand for a moment, eyes closed. Yes, this will do, Anne. What was her name? Iris. Fine. She'd pulled her dark, braided hair back beneath a multicolored scarf, which told me she was in business mode. I belatedly noticed the pop music was gone. I took a seat on one of the ottomans beside Melanie. How was this supposed to work? I asked. Celestina placed the pin face up in the middle of the talcum powder symbol, beside the candles. All magical beings have a name, she said, though she didn't look at me. Her dark gaze was fixed to my right, 
on a point somewhere above and beyond the candles. I'm going to request the Loire to call upon that name and bring your mother's spirit here.